Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today is our last week here in Cincinnati. We wrap up the month with a bang. I am going to talk with Mike Stokes, the founder of Cincy Brewbus. He's going to tell us why he thinks Cincinnati has the best craft beer scene. We're also going to drink our bonus beer, Truth IPA from Rheingeist. And let me tell you, this beer actually made it into my top three favorite IPAs I've ever had. So stay tuned to hear why and to hear a little bit more from Mike. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. I am your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are back in Cincinnati for our last week here, drinking a bonus beer from Rheingeist this week. We have their Truth IPA that we'll be sipping on soon. I can't believe it's our last week here in Cincinnati. I really loved exploring this city so much. It's kind of got this rust belt charm to it with so much creative artistic character to it. I'm kind of sad to leave it behind. I am here again with my awesome co-host that has been here with me through the entire month of June. Next month, I'll have a new fun co-host in a new exciting craft beer city. So keep tuning in to see who I'm with and where I am. You know her well by now, but Julie, you want to say a quick hello? Absolutely. Hi, everybody. I've had so much fun exploring Cincinnati with Molly and with all of you this month. It's been a lot of fun. We've gotten to taste some amazing beers. So we do have a guest who we'll be talking to in a little bit. Mike Stokes, he's here from Cincy Brew Bus. Really excited to talk with him. Yeah, I'm dying to go on the Cincy Brew Bus. Thank you so much, Julie. Before we crack open a beer, I will share a couple facts about Cincy with you all, like I always do. And by now, you should be filled with a ton of knowledge about Cincy. Cincinnati, if I have done my job correctly. So Cincinnati was ranked the number one zoo in the USA. It's also one of the oldest zoos in the nation. Guests can view hippos underwater, including world-famous hippo Fiona, which if you got our beer box as a member of our beer club, you have this cool Bruise Less Traveled hat with Fiona on it, a gift from the Cincy Brew Bus. Me and Julie are wearing ours right now. I don't know if it's just the Southern girl in me, but I love a nice ball cap. It's been super sunny here, so I've been wearing it a lot. I really love it. Yeah, I love mine too. It definitely feels like summer. And I love, I think Fiona is just so adorable. Shout out to our marketing team for putting that together. Uh, So awesome. Uh, So another fun fact about Cincinnati, something really interesting interesting that we learned when we were there is that Cincinnati um, was actually part of the Underground Railroad. So the location was really important. There were thousands of enslaved people who could reach freedom by crossing the Ohio River and find refuge in the city. So we thought that was really neat. Absolutely. And also the Roebling Bridge in Cincinnati was the prototype for the Brooklyn Bridge built by the same man, John Roebling, and it connects Covington, Kentucky and Cincinnati. I thought that was really cool because I live in Brooklyn and my bucket list is actually to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. I've never done that. So I'm moving to Tennessee in August. So before I move, I'm dying to walk across that bridge. And I had no idea it was built by the same man, John Roebling, who also made the Roebling Bridge. And I know, Julie, you and I saw that when we visited Cincinnati and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was a gorgeous bridge. And actually, I believe that Roebling might have built a bridge in one of our upcoming cities, a little teaser there. Um, So you'll have to see if you can guess what that might be. Cool. That's interesting. I love bridges. They're just like this amazing piece of architecture suspended in the air. I'm always kind of fascinated how they're built. All right, Julie, it's been 97 degrees here in Brooklyn today. I'm dying to have a beer and I think a IPA is perfect. Are you ready to crack open truth from Rheingeist? 
I am. It's been a whole four minutes, Molly. It was, we had to wait so long. <laughs> I'm totally ready. <laughs> I know it feels long when it's sitting right in front of you. Yeah. This is our bonus beer, by the way. So we did send seven beers in the box for those of you who are members of the Bruce Less Traveled Beer Club. And this was our special bonus beer uh, that you get to enjoy. I'm seeing this beautiful kind of caramel color. That's definitely coming from their Kara Red malt that they used in here that adds like a little bit of a robust kind of copper tone. Mm, I can smell it already. I can smell the hops. You know, I'm loving this, Molly. This is this is my kind of beer. Uh huh. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for being here. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You get that kind of like bitter finish Mm. on it. The aroma is great. They uh, use some nice hops in here. They use Amarillo. Citra and Simcoe and Centennial. And I think the Simcoe gives it a hint of citrus and passion fruit. And then the Centennial kind of gives it that pine floral quality. And the Citra is like a little more fruit, kind of more peachy and mango in there. Yeah. And I definitely love the finish on this one. So we did a beer appraisal um, a few weeks ago and I know we talked about the finish this one because of that bitterness, the finish is really nice and you get the bitterness, the kind of flavor lingers with you for a while. Um, Definitely makes you want to go back and have another sip for sure. It definitely does. And I taste a little bit of grapefruit in here. And I think that's coming from the Amarillo hops. I know that one sometimes can give that sort of like bitter fruit flavor. I'm really digging that. So a little bit more about truth. This IPA clocks in at 7.2% ABV. It's got 75 IBU. So it's a little bit higher on the bitterness chart. And the malts they're using in here, I already mentioned Kara Red. That's giving it that kind of nice red saturated color. The Kara Red's also adding a little bit of a fuller body to this beer. They also use a pale ale malt and a Vienna malt in here too. Let's take a beer break. So I already mentioned a little bit about malt, but let's dive a little deeper on that. So there's a lot of different grains that can be used as the malt in beer. Wheat, rye, oats, but the most common is barley. And malted barley is divided into two types, two row and six row. Six rows a little bit cheaper, so most craft brewers will use two row malt, and that refers to the two rows of seeds along the flowering head. And another thing about two row malt, these starches and proteins are more evenly distributed, and it makes it a more predictable grain to work with. You guys tasted our other beer from Rheingeist called Bubbles. How does it compare to Truth? They're drastically different beers. I think it's pretty phenomenal that Rheingeist can put out two beers that are so quality and so different. It's really kind of amazing. Yeah, they make some great stuff and so, so much so much variety in what you can get there. Um, And yeah, like you said, Bubbles and this Truth IPA, which are both kind of some of their flagships, ones that, you know, are really popular. um, You're not going to have the same experience drinking them. They're they're super different. We also learned uh, in our Rheingeist episode a few weeks back that this was actually one of the first beers that the owners ever brewed. And it stayed on the menu ever since then, back like in the home brewing days, you know, so it's really cool that they've been able to, you know, keep it and share it with the world and share it with Cincinnati. They even now have a juicy New England IPA version of this that's called Juicy Truth, which I thought was pretty clever. So, you know, whether you like West Coast, you kind of move more towards West Coast like me or you lean towards those East Coast IPAs like Molly, um, it seems like Ryan Geist is going to have you covered with their truth beers for sure. 
Absolutely. I love really all IPAs, especially this time of year, that bitterness. It just is super refreshing to me. And I'm dying to try the Juicy Truth. I think that would be so good because I do love kind of a juicy beer. They have some really great hops in this one. I love that they were kind of forthcoming with that. I know a lot of breweries don't want to tell the malt and the hops that they're using, but uh, I really love the recipe on this one. It's really delicious. So While you guys kick back and relax with this beer, let's learn a little bit more about Cincy Brewbus. So our guest, Mike, founded Cincy Brewbus in 2013. He actually used to work in banking, believe it or not. Today, Cincy Brewbus has a full five-star rating on Google. Congratulations to them. They also have a wine wagon and a bourbon bus, too. So they're doing tons of cool things. Yeah, absolutely. So when Mike and his wife started the company, they wanted to meld their passion for craft beer, wine, bourbon, local history, and local businesses into one. They've grown that passion into a business that unites people from all walks of life. So it's definitely a dream from come true for Mike. Um, and we could tell this when we spoke with him when we were in Cincinnati. And he gets to share this with so many people each and every week. And they can't wait to show you what Cincinnati has to offer. And now it's my pleasure to introduce our last Cincinnati guest, Mike Stokes, the owner of Cincy Brewbus. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us. We had so much fun when we were hanging out with you in Cincinnati. So we were happy that you made time to come on the podcast and hang out with us again. Yeah, no no problem at all. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. You guys are doing uh, uh, Cincinnati a great service. We really appreciate you guys coming through and checking out what we're all about. You know, a lot of people have a, a kind of a kind of think of Cincinnati as a sort of just a Midwestern uh, town. And, and we got a lot of cool stuff happening here and, and we love to share it. So thank you guys. Absolutely. We love to start off asking everyone their craft beer origin story. So how did you get into craft beer, Mike? Uh, Well, so we moved into, uh, so my daughter, my my wife got pregnant, um, which means that I had a ride to some different locations uh, in the city. And she, for my birthday one year, got me a tasting uh, at Jungle Gems over here in Fairfield. I had tried craft beer before that and really enjoyed it. But the tastings um, here at Jungle Gems in, in Cincinnati were fantastic. And they were bringing in breweries and we were trying out, I mean, this is in the early days of craft, you know, when craft beer was really starting to, you know, take off back in 2000. And I'd say it was probably 2006, 2007. And we had like the owners of Founders and Goose Island and the head brewers from uh, different, from Bells. And they were coming in and hosting these tastings uh, for a very small, intimate crowd here in Fairfield, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. And I absolutely fell in love with the just the different flavors, just the the the, the robust amount of information that they provided us. And um, I just I never went back from that point on. I just wanted to explore my palate and uh, learn more about it. Ended up starting to homebrew, and then uh, of course you know, things got really crazy and I decided to start a business in, in the craft beer industry um, or around the craft beer industry, I should say. So uh, that's where it all got started. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. That's so cool. How did you pivot from banking to this? Like, was that super drastic for you? Yeah, so <laughs> it was, but it was, um, it was also sort of na- a natural um move for me. So in 2014, 
when we started the brew, but well, actually 2013, I'll take, I'll take you back to that. I was in the banking industry and our particular, I had started thinking about brew bus around that time. And in the summer of 2013, and it was really just going to be like a fun little hobby job for us on the side and on the weekends. We every Saturday we would go out. So I was working my regular job Monday through Friday. And then on Saturdays, Saturday mornings, we'd get up and head out to Fountain Square and we rented a bus. And then we just loaded the bus up and, and our whole thing that we wanted to do was sort of embrace the history of brewing in Cincinnati and share that with all of our participants and then kind of go out and celebrate this sort of renaissance that's happened in the city since, since that time in 2013 and 2014. Um, so it was really kind of an easy transition at that point in time because uh, it was just a Saturday thing, but that group of people had some that took that tour called us a few weeks later and said, Hey, I've got a small group of people that want to do a tour. And then that group started, you know, so it kind of cascaded. And if you guys learned anything about Cincinnati, um, we really like our beer and we have an incredible history of drinking beer here. And uh, we didn't really think that it would take off like it did, but before we knew it, it had sort of exploded. So after doing banking and the brew bus for a, a solid year, year and a half, uh, my wife and I made the decision to take a stab at doing this full time. And so that's uh, since 2016, I've been operating it, or I'm sorry, 2015, I, I've been operating it full time and have had an op- had an amazing opportunity to take a lot of people out, show off Cincinnati and talk a little bit about that amazing history. That's so cool. I feel like there was a big craft beer boom. Julie, you were mentioning that like around the 2012, 2013 oh gosh, yeah. years. Oh yeah. So as far as like the craft beer boom goes, I mean, we had 1300 breweries before prohibition. We had like a hundred some after prohibition. It took until 2015 to reach that pre-prohibition number. By the end of 2015, we were at like 4,000. By 2018, we were at like 8,000. So yeah, definitely you see lots of breweries that have cropped up between kind of like that 2015 to, to 2018, 2019 period that, I mean, it's, it's evidenced in all of the cities that, you know, that we visit, how much beer has kind of taken off in that craft beer movement, you know, starting around that 2015 time point. Yeah. You pointed that out when we were in Cincinnati and I didn't even think about it. You're totally right. It was like, yeah, like 2013, 14, there was just a big boom. So yeah, you started definitely at the right time, Mike, for sure. And can you explain just like a little bit more about Cincy Brew Bus? What's the experience like for the customer? I'm curious. I've never been on a brew bus before. Yeah. So what we want to do is we we typically meet at a centralized location, or if you're going to do a private event, we'll pick you up at your house. Um, and then we'll go to three or four different breweries across the city. And in some cases, people want to mix in a winery or a distillery as well. And so we'll do that as well while we're out, um, if, if that's something that they're looking to do. But um, our primary business and what we do the most tours in is our Cincy Brew Bus. Um, we're going to spend about 45 to 50 minutes, sometimes maybe even a a little bit longer at each location. We're going to try three different beers at each location. Um, and you're going to get a pretty healthy amount of beer. Typically it's going to be between seven and eight ounces of beer along the way. We're going to do a group tasting three times. So if you do a three stop, you're going to try nine different local beers. Uh, if you do a four stop tour, you're going to try 
12 different local beers. Everybody that jumps on the brew bus also gets a wonderful snack from our partners at Servati Pretzels and uh, Bakery here in Cincinnati, a big German Bavarian soft pretzel to start the tour. And then we finish off by giving everyone a, uh, a really nice high quality souvenir tasting glass when they finish the tour. So in the middle of all that, we're doing a little bit of history. We're going through tasting notes. We're really looking and digging into our sensory experience and showing people how to properly taste beer like a brewer would do, like a quality assurance team would do. And all in all, you're looking at three and a half to four hours for one of our three stops and four and a half to five hours for one of our four stop craft brewery tours. Let's take a bus break. Our guest, Mike, just mentioned pretzels being served on the Scentsy Brew Bus. That got me thinking, how did pretzels come to be and why do we pair them with beer? As with many foods, the exact origin of the pretzels is as twisted as its shape. It's believed that as early as 610 AD, monks were folding scraps of dough into strips to represent arms folded in prayer. When Germany enacted its Reinheitsgebot beer purity law in 1516, beer became became more and more popular. Bakers started to realize they had all the ingredients to make beer as well as bread. So bakers in Germany, especially in Bavaria, started making beer alongside pretzels. That's where the marriage of the two things came together. Now, why are they the perfect pair, you might wonder? The salt of the pretzels may actually help enhance the flavor of hot bitterness of some beers while providing a flavor contrast in less hoppy styles. It's so perfect to pair in fact, that in 1933, the Three Stooges released a movie called, you guessed it, Beer and Pretzels. That's a fun way to spend the day. And I love that you kind of go into that aroma sensory journey and that taste journey. How do you sort of go about that? I'm curious. Like, do you do it at each brewery, kind of have them smell the beer and taste it, get into mouthfeel, or just sort of go over it once and, and let them sort of do their thing? Yeah, they'll only give me a little bit of that nerdy time that I like mm-hmm in the very beginning. So I like to get real nerdy with them and give them as much information as possible in the first couple stops. Cause after the first couple stops, you know, the beer's doing most of the heavy lifting at that point in time. Yeah, no, I, I also, uh, part of my job, I host virtual beer and cheese events and, you know, I kind of want to nerd out sometimes on, on beer and malt and, and, and you know, what it, all those types of things. And they just want to drink and have fun. I'll drop a little bit of knowledge and I'll kind of see if they bite, but you know, just little, little things that if you're not studying craft beer, you wouldn't know. And yeah, it's either like dead silence and they just, they want to play a drinking game and they want me to you know, permit them to shotgun the beer or something, or they're really interested. It's kind of, it's kind of one or the other. I'm curious though, what is the craziest thing that's ever happened on a Cincy brew bus tour? You gotta have a fun story. And I know when I hung out with you in Cincinnati, you definitely alluded to some fun stories. Yeah, it just depends on how, uh, is this an, uh, is this in like an open rated uh, event here? Is this PG 13 or what is this event? But uh, no, I, it's, uh, I've seen some stuff, man. I always tell people, I, whenever I do a tour, I always tell them, you know, I, you guys all look like wonderful folks, but unfortunately I've seen alcohol do some weird things to people. So if you guys can just be cool along the way, I'll be cool along the way and we'll all, you know, get along our merry, uh, merry time and have a, have a wonderful event. And, um, but we had a, a uh, police officer actually uh, frisking uh, that was not he was not 
on active duty, he his wife had told uh, him that her clutch was stolen. And uh, so he took it upon himself to go in. I mean, he was just a civilian on the on the beer bus and decided to tell everybody to empty their pockets and uh, start proceed to f- start frisking um, other civilians. And uh, so uh, and I, t- you know, obviously immediately told him you can't do that. And we're going to have to leave now because, you know, these are our partners and we always try to be very cognizant of of our partners uh, and their guests. And lo and behold, the clutch was right under the seat in the bus. So, uh, you know, that's just one thing. Um, We've had groups flashing each other uh, on buses, bachelor and bachelorette parties. Um, But for the most part, uh, after we had to put all these sort of rules in, every time we saw something new, we were like, oh, I guess we've got to add that to the waiver form. For the most part, the waiver form keeps is pretty covered uh, on getting super weird, although, you know, it still can get a little awkward at times. Is there a line on on the waiver form that says, do not frisk participants? (laughs) You have to add that in after. It's like adult babysitting, basically. You're like, sorry, keep your clothes on. Like, didn't think I'd have to tell you that. But yeah, alcohol does do some weird things to people for sure. They'll just kind of get emotional for no reason. Sometimes too, like all of a sudden you're best friends with a stranger at the bar next to you. Like we should hang out sometime. And I'm like, where's this coming from? But yeah, we, I mean, it's amazing um, what alcohol does to people. And, and, you know, we're very conscious. I mean, we have like a no vaping, uh, um, uh, on our waiver form, we have, uh, sorry about that. It's my dog. A guy was like vaping and it was like clearly a marijuana pen and, uh, he was taking off his shirt in the front seat. And so, you know, after that one, we had to put the no vaping. I mean, it's, you know, just some things along the way. Cause you know, we've probably had 25,000 people on the tours over the past seven years. It's a lot of people and, you know, everybody's a little different. Some people get really weird and quirky. And so we try to cover our bases, but I always tell our tour guides, just, you know, be flexible and be ready uh, for anything. Yeah. How many tour guides do you have now? Right now we're, we're growing the team back since COVID. We lost several folks through COVID, but uh, we've built the team back. I think we're up to six guys and girls now uh, operating tours for us. We got four of us that are drivers and then we have two that are specifically walk-on tour guides. So uh, drivers do uh, drive our small um, airport shuttle buses. We have four of those. And then we, uh, we actually have a company that we work with where we lease out large buses of uh, up to right now 20 passengers and then those tour guides are specialists that do a a beer presentation and they get up on the bus while the tour is going and and they do sort of a presentation with the group and um, so right now we're at six um, before COVID we were you know around 14 um, so we're still kind of slowly but surely building this uh, thing back to where uh, it, it's uh, formed before we uh, we all went through that last year. Yeah, absolutely. How long, just curious, how long were you closed for during COVID, the height of COVID rather? Yeah. So uh, June 19th, I think, or 20th, I can't remember the exact date uh, was when we loaded up the bus again. So it wasn't long. Um, I know everything sort of got shut down in the beginning of April, And so April, May, and then into June, but uh, we were obviously, 
um, only doing one bus instead of the typical 10 to 14 buses a week that we would do. We, we were only doing one bus, uh, maybe two buses. Um, and then, you know, it started to pick up sometime around October. I think the numbers started to decline. And then we had that huge spike at the end of October. And that just kind of put us back in, you know, where we were prior to that. And uh, so we had some people hired, but then we couldn't, you know, obviously give them tours because we had no, no demand. But, uh, but now um, things have really started to pick up and it's, uh, you know, that there's a ton of demand. I wish I could get everybody out. It's just a matter of finding good, hardworking, fun, loving people who want to tell the story of our city and, and, uh, and, and just kind of hang out with strangers and have a good time. Yeah. Sounds like a great place to work. Yeah. It seems really awesome. Thinking about those um, crazy stories. I know we were talking about this. So I used to run tours myself through um, one of our other brands, City Brew Tours. And the craziest things that happened to me, we talked about, um, I think I got two or three wedding proposals throughout the course of my <laughs> tenure there. I had to politely, this was usually at the end of a tour, of course. I had right. to politely decline and tell them that I was taken, but you never well, know what's going to happen. Julie, you are the director of awesomeness. So thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of our tours, uh, sorry to interrupt that one of our tours, uh, the, they, uh, the guy planned it and actually asked the girl to marry him at Rheingeist. That was probably the coolest thing that, and, um, we have a tour group that does a tour with us every year. And one of their friends, um, was diagnosed with cancer and his last, you know, one of his last wishes with his friends was to go out on a beer tour with us. So we got to do that. So there's, there's been some really cool things that happened throughout the, uh, the past seven years. That's, that's really amazing. So I'm thinking about when you started the company, I can imagine maybe it, it might've been a little bit of a hard sell at first to kind of talk to breweries and, and build those relationships. Did you have a hard time getting breweries to let you come in and, and give a tour? Um, not really. I'm, you know, the breweries weren't super keen on us, like going behind the scenes. I, you know, uh, Ryan Geist and, and Madtree sort of wanted to test us and see how we did, um, before that would happen. So we would actually because the whole idea for us was we wanted to bring a bus in every couple hours to each location. That was the goal was to really, you know, pump up the volume. And for the breweries, that's a that's a big, tall task for them to have somebody staffed that whole entire day just for brew bus tours and maybe their own kind of tours that they're doing. So, you know, our idea, we what we pitched to them was, hey, we'll do the tours. We're home brewers. We are beer nerds. We can talk about the stuff. You know, maybe you teach us a little bit about what makes your tour special and that sort of thing. And so after about four or five months of us kind of going through that, showing them that we bring in quality people and that we're going to make sure that our crowd is um, somewhat <laughs> under control, that trust started to build and we started to be able to access some of their kind of behind the scenes areas um, at Mad Tree, you know, at 50 West, at Ryan Geist. Um, and we were bringing buses in every couple hours to these locations. I mean, we've gone from at that point in time when we were doing tours, we had five breweries here and uh, we were visiting four of them. I think you guys went to all of them uh, or at least have talked to people People from all of them at some point with Mad Tree, Ryan Geis, Listerman, 50 West, and I think uh, Rivertown was the other one that we would go to over there in Lachlan. So, but no, they they were cool. They were awesome. They would host the tours in the beginning, teach us, train us, and then we would correspondingly train our staff um, to do sort of the same thing. And it was a really great. It was a really great relationship. Um, it has been an amazing relationship. Part of our success is due to how well they worked with us in the beginning. And, and still work with us to this day. So we have a lot. Uh, we have a lot of great breweries in Cincinnati. A lot of high quality beer. 
uh, but mainly a lot of just high quality people in the community. Yeah, that's incredible. And the way that you were able to build that trust over time is really great to hear. And I, I imagine they're pretty excited to see you in your groups these days coming in, especially now with things you know ramping back up, being able to bring business into these local breweries is amazing. So it's great work that you're doing. Yeah, thank you very much. So you mentioned too um, that you've done some work with like bourbon and winery tours. Are those as popular as the beer tours? And what made you want to expand into those spirits? Yeah, um, so they have grown tremendously. <clears throat> you know, uh, in any kind of business, uh, you you have your products that sort of reach maturity, and then you have your you always want to have something that has like some growth to it and some potential to it. Um, and you know, beer. Um, you know, there, there's so many breweries in every neighborhood. People are funny. They are always like, aren't you guys so busy now that there's so many breweries? It's like, well, actually we're a little bit slower on the beer side or it's kind of mellowed out because, you know, you can just walk down the road to your local brewery. It's not as, I guess, um, it's got, it's not as like, um, new and exciting, you know, it's, it's something that's kind of normaled out, uh, with the beer. Whereas with the bourbon and the wine, that is like truly a growth marketplace. Um, and they are really exploding. I would say at this point in time, we get as many bourbon requests as we do beer requests. And we get a ton of the mixed bag requests. We got people know they have families that want to go out and, uh, you know, John likes to drink beer, but Ron likes, you know, he, he likes bourbon and, uh, Steve likes wine, uh, you know, and those kinds of things. So having that kind of flexibility to be able to, um, offer those kind of customized packages for people has been really, really great for us. Um, but, uh, th- the reason why we got into that truly is, people just kept asking us, can you guys do something like this with wine while we were out on tour for beer? And I'm just, I like wine. I'm not a huge wine person. I don't know a ton about it. I was always open to the idea, but the wineries around here are very far apart. Um, So the logistics was like, okay, we can do this, but it's going to be a pretty long day for us because we're going to be traveling. We're going to have to cap it at three locations. At that point in time, we really liked that four location model. And uh, so once we launched that thing, it just went gangbusters. The wine, the wine tours are just incredibly popular. And, and then now we're going down to the bourbon trail and hitting Woodford and wild Turkey and four roses and Buffalo trace, uh, some smaller places, Neely family distillery here locally. We have an amazing three amazing distilleries, um, uh, in Northern Kentucky and one really cool one in over the Rhine, uh, second site spirits in Ludlow, Kentucky is awesome. New rift distilling amazing have won awards at the San Francisco spirits competition, Boone County distilling, who is getting ready to release their four-year bourbon here. I think next year. Yeah, it's great. It's great, Mike, that you kind of, it's so important to have that business mindset when you, you know, you saw this need and you thought like, if not me, who's going to do it? And you made it happen, which is amazing. That's really cool. During our live stream, we had a great question from one of our audience members. They were wondering how Mike picks his breweries. So let's hear from Mike about that. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, so in the beginning, it was really easy. <laughs> there were four and we wanted to do a four stop brewery. I mean, there were five, but one of them logistically just didn't really make sense in the beginning. And then several started to open up. And so we started to do what we wanted to do was create a rotation. So around our tour which what we call the Cincinnati original tour um, that launches every Saturday. We've run it every single weekend we can except, except for COVID. Um, it's a 12 o'clock tour from the Hard Rock Casino out to four locations. We wrote rotate that through our core lineup. Um, and then as new breweries come online, we'll do like an expose weekend where we'll run them out there. Um, and then uh, we kind of do a rotation. So, you know, there's, uh, I think 75 breweries, we're partners with around 65 of them. So to get through that rotation has been, um, it's been, it's been kind of daunting over the years. So uh, what we try to do is we try to hit maybe a popular one now, um, and then maybe a new one, and then maybe something that that is a little bit different or off the beaten path, or maybe something that's a little bit smaller and try to do some compare and contrast and create really a cool experience that way. And in terms of being a regular at any place, I would say if I, not really a regular, because it was still so new at that point in time, me and my friends started going to Mantry Brewing over in Oakley. They had, well, I guess it was Kennedy Heights, which is just south of Oakley. Um, they had uh, a really cool tap room there, their original tap room. I would say we would go there maybe once a week. And that was sort of like the same timing as as Rheingeist was open. And I worked downtown, so we would pop into Rheingeist, you know, and check that out too. And it was just such a cool space. And, you know, between those two, Madtree and Rheingeist, uh, I would say that if I was a regular at any brewery, those would have been the two um, that I was the most regular. Uh, uh, visitor. But of course, like I tell everybody, I have to go do a lot of research um, I, and I fall on that sword for our customers. So I know exactly what kind of uh, beer that we're serving and, and, and all those things while we're out. It's a hard job, but somebody has to do it. Right. Go out, try all the beer, you know, twist your arm. <laughs> and my wife says it's definitely a fine line. So uh, we, we try to dance that fine line as much as possible. Yeah, it's amazing to think, um, you know, starting out with four or five breweries and you just said there are like 70 plus breweries now. It's amazing how much beer there is. And um, as you know, this is our last our last night in Cincinnati. I'd love to hear from you what you feel the beer scene in Cincinnati has to offer in comparison to other cities. You know, I think and I think I talked to you guys about this when you were here. There's really there's a few things that I love about Cincinnati beer, Cincinnati beer scene. I've been to Asheville, you know, we've been up to Brooklyn, we've been to Colorado, we've been to Denver. We've seen some pretty cool beer scenes. And I, I feel like our, our scene is, is, it's just as cool. I think that the, the main difference, or I guess the, the biggest difference between Cincinnati and those other cities is just the history of beer here. It's absolutely incredible. Top five beer producing city uh, before prohibition consistently making one and a half million barrels of, of beer per year, winning awards and uh, 36 breweries. So these huge manufacturing buildings, you know, the lagering cellars that people can go and tour through even still to this day. That's really a cool thing for us to have and to show people and to celebrate. And then you, you, you couple that with all of the award-winning beers that these guys are producing um, year in and year out at GABF. You can go back and see um, just the the amazing uh, awards, uh, the little brewery that we visited, Brink, they were very best small brewery in the United States two years in a row. You know, Rheingeist has won multiple awards, uh, uh, 50 West, 
uh, has won multiple awards, JBF, World Beer Cup. You know, you have a ton of just high quality brewers here all across the city making amazing liquid. And then, you know, uh, I, I'm on these pages with the brewers here in the city and they're constantly sharing ideas. They're constantly sharing uh, materials if somebody runs out of something. So it's just, it feels like a really great community. The history here is amazing. The, the juice is amazing. And, you know, you got a hot, not everything is right on top of each other too. So if you want to do a trip and hit a few of them, you got to hop in a car or you got to hop on a bus, you know, what better way to do it with somebody that can just drive you there. Right. Absolutely. And I'm curious, Mike, you know, you know, so much about Cincinnati, probably more than anyone I've talked to. What would your ideal day off in Cincinnati be? Yeah, well, I would love to hook up with the in the morning. I would love to hook up, go to Boomtown Biscuits and Whiskey. So if you guys are ever there, that place is amazing. Get get a flight of biscuit gravy. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, your heart will palpitate. And if you want some whiskey, it, they've got that too. It's amazing. And uh, I would go from there. Uh, I would hook up with the Brewing Heritage Trail, go down into some of the lagering cellars, see some of that history. I would I would go out to, uh, our, we have an amazing zoo. I think you guys were talking about that. We have an amazing zoo in Cincinnati. I'm a beer guy, so I would I would lean I would lean to go um, hop around the brewery the the brewery district, hit up Tafts, hit up Sam Adams Tap Room, hit up Ryan Geis Northern Row, um, you know, go to a ball game. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds. If you ever get a chance to go to a Great American Ballpark, it is really a cool experience. Um, we're big baseball people here in our household, so we love to do that. And you know, finish it up with some fireworks or um, maybe uh, see a, see a show down at Riverbend. Uh, you know, to me that. That would be kind of the ideal day here in Cincinnati. Mike, as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. Your goal here is to not think, just answer. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> Favorite beer style to have on the beach? Uh, IPA. Favorite beer style to have in the winter? I'm going to go with a, uh, uh, oh, what's this one here? Uh, uh, this would be a Schwartz beer. Oh, I love that one. Me too. Last beer you drank and loved. Last beer I drank. Well, I mean, I'm drinking a truth right now. I absolutely freaking love that beer. So uh, truth, uh, Bootsy from Fretboard uh, was uh, was one. Oh, there's a little brewery up in Hamilton, Ohio called um, Municipal Brewing. They just had their five year anniversary. And it's like a, it's sort of got like the same vibe as a hop slam. Um, so they do it once a year, always for their anniversary. Um, they use copious amounts of honey, tons of really nice hops to, to, to marry with that. And uh, that is also like a really well, uh, well done beer here. Favorite beer to have with food. I'm going to have to go with a Pilsner, um, super versatile, light bodied, won't make you too full, still has that crispy hot bite to it, kind of cleans the palate. Uh, definitely Pilsner. Absolutely. I agree with that too. And West coast or East coast IPA. So, you know, um, I would say more of a West coast guy, although I, I do like some of the East coast styles that are out there, not a big hazy person. Um, I like a little bit, I, not that I don't enjoy it, but I do like a little bit more kind of like bite on those, um, on those IPAs. I like it to finish with a little dank resinous, um, sort of, uh, sort of sharp flavor to it. And I think the West coast provides a little bit more of that IBU kick. 
Absolutely. And this one from Ryan Geist really knocks it out of the park. It is so well balanced. And Mike, it has been an absolute pleasure having you. Be sure to book your ride on Cincy Brewbus next time you visit Cincinnati. You can book online at cincybrewbus.com. There's even a special discount code on the Cincy Brew map included in your box. Mike, is there anything you'd like to plug before we wrap up? Uh, no, just come out, visit us, visit Cincinnati. Even if you don't visit us, we're big uh, fans of this city and, and this town, this region. In fact, Northern Kentucky, Northern Cincinnati, lots of cool places, lots of fun stuff to do around here. Um, well, we just appreciate you guys coming through and uh, giving us some love. And um, we hope that other folks will come and visit this fun little town and yeah, hope to see you out on tour. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Julie, and my awesome guest, Mike. Let's all wave goodbye to Cincinnati. Be sure to tune in next week as we launch the month of July and explore a brand new undiscovered craft beer city. It's top secret until we announce. Tune in to find out where I'll be and who my new co-host for the month of July will be. I'll give you a hint. The next city I explore actually has more days of rain than Seattle, Washington, but it also has a hell of a beer scene and some of the most beautiful views of trees and rolling hills. I was blown away by how aesthetically pleasing our next craft beer city was. Cheers, you guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Brews Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers. Cheers.